Thank you for listening to the podcast. This is Sten. I would like to announce that my team in Nashville is looking to add an experienced advisor. This advisor would have approximately four years or more of experience, but more importantly, this advisor is looking for a new challenge. This advisor wants to take the elite path and reject the average path in our industry. In this role, you will work right alongside me growing your business. Together, we will help level up legacy as an organization. If you think you're up for this challenge, you can go to stenmorgan.com backslash apply to answer the questionnaire. Or if you're listening to this and you're thinking of another advisor that could be a good fit, please make that connection. If that advisor becomes an advisor on our team, I will send you a $5,000 referral fee. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Well, welcome to another episode of Becoming an Elite Financial Advisor. I'm your host, Andy Trapp. And this week, while Sten's on vacation, we're sharing a training that we recently did called the six steps to charging for your advice. And to go along with the training, we've created an assessment that will help you measure your readiness to start your own planning business. So you can get your planning readiness score at stenmorgan.com slash ready. That link is, of course, also in the show notes of whatever app you're using to listen to the show, or it'll be in the notes on the YouTube page. I also want to thank a few members of our Elite Advisor Network community that appeared for our recent live training sessions. We like to bring in advisors to talk to other advisors about their experiences with our training. Uh, Those were Craig Peterson, Robert Allen, and as you'll hear in this recording, Wes Young. Uh, We hosted this training live on Zoom this week. And if you want to participate in future live trainings, then you can sign up at stenmorgan.com slash training. And we'll make sure you get notified of all of those as they're coming up, whether they're in person or virtual. Uh, We've got about 17 seats left for our September How to Charge Live event at our offices outside of Nashville. And Stan and I absolutely 100% guarantee that the event will pay for itself with your very first planning client. You have our guarantee on that. And you can visit howtochargelive.com to get your seat and use the code FREEHOTEL, no spaces, FREEHOTEL, to save $500 on your registration. I hope you enjoy today's episode. So let's go ahead and start with the six steps to charging for your time. Uh, Step one is you have to find attractive planning strategies. Uh, I think that you're really only as good as your ideas. The great news is you don't have to be the originator of those ideas. This is a picture from an event, uh, our How to Charge Live event. We brought in some idea uh, partners that Sten works with and these are people who are experts in things like hiring credits, uh, people that are experts in cost segregation. These, these are experts that you can bring in and you can bring your client to them and say, hey, let's help, find, help them find a solution. And you can get paid for that. So when it comes to idea partners, you should have multiple idea partners. You should not go, I know a lawyer. You should know 10 different lawyers with 10 different specialties. Uh, you don't have to go get a law degree. It's much, much easier, trust me, to go find someone who does and to partner with them. So you need multiple idea partners because you're going to farm your ideas from them. You're, you're not going to go become an expert in all these things, and you're not going to know enough to be dangerous. You're going to know enough to be helpful. That's what you're going to do. The second is you have to schedule these relationships. These people are going to shift uh, in your relationship from, hey, I'm going to meet with them, and I hope they send me clients. Forget it. Stop thinking like that. There's 20 other advisors that hope the same thing. What you're going to do is go to them and say, listen, you went to school for this many years. You've been in this business for this many years. You're an expert. I want to send people to you that fit your perfect client. 
So what do I need to know in order to do that? And then what are some ideas that I can share with my clients so that I can know how you can help them? And all I heard you say was, you're really smart. I want to send you business. And it's not going to cost you anything. And yes, sometimes these people end up becoming your clients. Yes, sometimes these people do end up sending you clients. But your idea partners are not going to be primarily referral sources. They're going to become idea partners. And those ideas are what you're going to use then go find prospects and then hopefully clients. But you need to schedule that relationship. If it matters, it's on your schedule. Wes is here on time because he put this on a schedule. You're all here on time because you put it on your schedule and I sent you a reminder, a reminder, a reminder. If it matters, schedule it. So schedule those idea partner relationships. I would say at least twice a year, you need to have a touch point. The third one's very simple. You're, you're very smart. You're, you who are listening to me, you're a smart person, but there is no way you can remember all the ideas. There's no way you can remember all the potential cleaning ideas that you have. And so when you meet with those idea partners, and then just your own expertise, you need to have a collection of your ideas in one single place, okay? Step two is this. You must be whiteboarding your strategies and concepts. Yes, this can be virtual. There's some great programs out there. I'm a big notability guy. Wes, is that your go-to? Is notability still your main? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Airplaying that to the screen using using uh, uh, the the notability app and whiteboarding out on that is fantastic. Right. So that's an Apple, uh, an iPad app called Noteability. Um, it's super cheap, super effective. You can save templates and things like that, but, uh, you can, so that, that's how you can do it digitally or in person. Obviously, this is a picture from one of our, uh, training events and we teach how to specifically whiteboard, uh, strategies and concepts. You need to be doing this in every meeting. So you have to whiteboard in every meeting because that is what makes it memorable. I understand that your, blank, blank, blank company gives you these fancy illustrations. That is not personal. Uh, yes, you can give them some maybe numbers on a piece of paper and scratch it, but there's nothing more powerful, impactful, memorable than you at the whiteboard or you drawing something out uh, digitally over Zoom with someone and putting in their numbers, projecting it for them and their life and their children uh, and their business. So you need to be whiteboarding in every meeting. That's something we teach in our training. It's something that will separate you from a vast majority of advisors who are relying on pre-printed materials or just conversation, which as memorable and dynamic as you believe you are, they will forget most of it in about 15 minutes because it's just too much information. A whiteboard is a very uh, effective visual way to explain what you're trying to help them understand. And people will say yes when they understand. A confused mind says no, and a, a mind that does understand will say yes. You need to have five go-to strategies and you need to be able to explain them in less than 90 seconds. Wes, what's one of your favorite go-to strategies? Yeah, a favorite is probably the 14-day business rental of your home that there's a, there's a place in the IRS code that allows uh, somebody that owns a personal residence to receive 14 days of rental income completely tax-free. And if you own a business, your business can rent your home under Section 280A of the tax code for 14 days, your business gets a full deduction for it. You don't pick it up as income. Let's take an average of saying that that's about a $15,000 tax deduction. In most tax brackets, that's going to be anywhere from five to $7,000 of uh, actual tax dollars that were going away to the IRS. They're now back to your own retained earnings. And you, know, you do that every year, right? Uh, it adds up. And that's a strategy that took him probably 30 seconds to explain. On a whiteboard, he could you know, 
take another 15 seconds to explain that. You should have five of those. Now, they don't have to be, you know, uh, oh, I've never heard of that. That's crazy, right? I think some of them should be unique. I think having two or three more unique ones is good. But the others can be very basic, but you're just really good at explaining them. Uh, Stan, who couldn't be here today because he's on vacation with his family, um, he's really good at explaining long-term care options in under 90 seconds. Like, what do you know about long-term care? Uh, it's when you're in the nursing home. Okay, maybe, possibly. Let me explain what your options are. And in 90 seconds, he can explain why you need to have it and what your options are for it. Uh, you need to have those if you're going to do planning. You have to be ready. Okay. Uh, and the other is you have to have two go-to concept. concepts. A concept is not quantifiable, but it's more of a, a general principle uh, that you can apply to your financial decisions. So the three buckets, uh, three tax buckets, like the three different strategies that you should be employing uh, throughout your uh, financial life, that, that, that's a concept. Uh, Stan has something called the investment decision or the financial decision filter, which is what are these four things you should apply to every single financial decision you make. So have a few of those that you can then apply to the strategies. And again, it sounds like you're teaching a lot because you're teaching a lot, right? Because when people understand, they'll say yes, and they don't feel like they're being sold to because you're not selling, you're educating. And when people have that confidence and understanding, they'll say yes to you. Step three is you have to quantify the value of your ideas. I would submit that most of you have been taught not to do this. Most of you are afraid to do this. And that's a problem uh, because people don't say yes to small little tweaks. They don't like illustrations that show someone else's money. They want to know, what does it look like for me? So as an example, if you look at the board here, the bottom right corner, you see that 80K that's circled. It's because this is uh, one of our uh, Elite Advisor Network members, Robert. He was doing the numbers on this. And at the end, he showed, hey, over 10 years, there's 80K. So you have to quantify the value of your ideas. You're not promising that, right? You don't live in the world of promises. Uh, you're going to project it. And, and it's called responsible forecasting. So first, every idea should be multiplied times 10, times the next 10 years. The lifetime value sometimes is not as helpful as the 10-year because lifetime could be 40. That's a long way away. Well, how is this good? Because 10 years is you've got an eight-year-old, gosh, your kid's going to college. You can understand that. That makes sense. But 30, 40 years from now, that that and the numbers can get kind of ridiculous. And I know they might even be true, but it's like, that's a long way off. What does this look like in the next 10 years? Second, you need to have chatting strategies. And chatting strategies are these. You have to be willing to uh, practice these and understand them enough that when you're having a chat with someone, when you're talking with someone, you've got three or four strategies that you can explain to them. So when Wes is visiting uh, his son at college and um, you know another parent uh, whose kid is uh, part of the band says, you know, Wes, what do you do? And Wes, what would you say that you do if I said, what do you do? Hey, well, you know how a lot of times it's easy for all your profit to disappear to the tax system? Yes, I do not like taxes. We help people with things like that. I own a financial planning company. We work with people that own businesses to help them identify and pursue their best financial opportunities. So what we know is he works with a certain kind of person and he talked about taxes and opportunities. And he didn't say you had to be 65. He didn't say that, you know, I, we're going to invest all your money in the stock market. Uh, there, there was, it was vague on purpose. 
And then if I said, well, Wes, give me an example of one of the things you help business owners with. He could then say, well, did you know about this, you know, uh, renting your home out? Right. And I know there's others. I, I can't let Wes go because like start talking because he's got 17 of them. So sorry, Wes. But but Wes has plenty of these. But do you. For you hearing my voice, you walk out your door today, you go pick up your kid at practice, at school, at, you know, whatever. You know, you're hanging out in the neighborhood. Do you have chatting strategies? These are things that you have to be ready to go. Well, here's an example. And yes, you should have numbers attached to them. Yes, they should have names. Yes, you should not. Um, uh, well, there's this one guy, um, but that probably doesn't apply to you. It doesn't have to apply to them. It just has to be a good example of a strategy. So you need to be able to quantify that. And listen, it doesn't have to be true of them. Because if Wes says, yeah, I mean, that that, that could be up to a $15,000 impact uh, for you, it may be different. But you don't have to get into, well, let's see, how much would you charge? Like, you don't have to get into that. You could just say it was a 15, I've seen it where it's up to $15,000. You could save up to five to $7,000 in taxes. So over the next 10 years, that's a 50 to $75,000 benefit on your taxes. Like that's, that's, that's a chatting strategy. It's, it's very, very concise. Wes? And I just want to add one thing to that. When you do this well, this travels. This is one of those things that we've gotten, we've gotten people call us from people that are not yet our clients, but got our information because I had a conversation around this and they took the one idea and were like, do you know you can rent your home? Do you know you can pay your kids? Did you know you can do this? And they're going, where did you hear this? They're like, I've got this financial advisor that I'm going to start working with. And like, I got one too, but not like that. And so these things, they travel, they'll become your best source of of, of new clients just simply by, because ideas travel well and chatting strategies travel well. And this goes to the very first point, which is you have to go get good ideas. Andy, Wes, I don't, you know, Stan, I don't have these ideas. Idea partners. That's what your idea partners are for. And the other other is, do you quantify in every meeting? Every meeting, they should feel like you're taking them towards a destination, towards a goal, right? And those numbers should be interesting um, and they should be compelling. So people want to make decisions on, 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 on big numbers, not small numbers. So you should be doing that in every single meeting. Step four is you need to have a minimum fee. And the reason you need to have a minimum fee is because your time has value. And if I said to any of you here, would you wash my car for a dollar? You would say no. But if I said, would you wash my car for $1,000? You would probably say, yeah, I will. I don't like washing cars, but for a thousand bucks, you know, I'll do that. But you've decided internally what your minimum is worth. Like you, you know what your time is worth. And yet people go into planning and they don't really know where to begin. And so you have to set a minimum fee. And so when someone says, well, how much did that cost? You say, well, my minimum is this. But as I show more savings, more opportunities, that fee can move up. But only if we can show more savings and more opportunity. But you need to have a minimum fee. Okay. So what is your minimum? You have to be confident in that, in that number. How do you serve the least? And by that, I mean this, your minimum fee has to help that base person. Then you have to have a staff that understands this is how we serve that person. And we make sure that it's it's worth their time and our time to do that. If you can help the minimum tremendously with that number, uh, at that number, then everything else that goes up with complexity, you're going to be okay with. But you have to know how you serve. What What do I get for that minimum? And then you also have to know when do you and why would you charge more? What is the, what are the variables that are going to kick in where you go? You know what? This is, 
this is going to be more complex. This is going to be bigger. Uh, we're going to have to have more people involved in this. This is going to take longer for my staff or myself, or this idea just has more value. Uh, then you, you have to know when to turn, turn the dials uh, on the C's. And those are decisions that you can make for yourself. And we can also help you understand. Step five of six is you have to present an attractive plan. All right. You're going to have an opportunity to meet with them and you have to be concise and clear here. This is, this is what's really tragic is a lot of people get to this point and then they screw it up. Right. It's like you get the date and you sit down for the date and then you ruin it. So. You have to give yourself a head start. And by giving yourself a head start, it just means that you have a template for your proposals and you're going to use it and you're going to tweak it. But you should not be uh, reinventing this every time you meet with someone. You, you, you have a template of a plan. You're the basics. You're the things you're always going to get access to our professional network. We're going to meet twice a year, so on and so forth. Uh, and then maybe the, a list of specific strategies you're going to you know, employ for them. Uh, so, but give yourself a head start and don't try to start over every time you have uh, a meeting with a client or, or a proposal to, send, to share with them. Give them two chances to say yes. What this means is give them two numbers and say, hey, at this number, we can do these things for you. But at this second number, let's say it's 10,000 for one, it's 13,000 for the other. This other one, we're going to give you one more meeting and then we're going to sit in on those meetings with those three idea partners. And most people take the hire because they go, listen, I'm, I'm hiring you to not have to worry about this stuff. Just, 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 I'll pay you more to, to not worry about the rest of the stuff. It gives them two chances to say yes when you present an attractive plan. And then the other is as much as possible in face to faces, including Zoom. Okay. Is present your plan to them face to face. Do not email it. Do not mail it. Do not drop it off at their office. Present it in the context of the larger value, the larger conversation. Be there to have an interactive conversation. Do not just drop on them because many people have not had this sort of interaction yet uh, or transaction, I should say. And so it's new to them. It's a, it's a, they need to be reminded why this is a good idea. So when at all possible, make sure you're presenting to them live the, the first time they're seeing it, they're seeing it alongside you. Here's the last one. Use a scalable service model. This has to work times 10, times 20, times 30. You can't max out and give everyone a super customized experience. You have to have a scalable service model. This is Stan talking with his staff. And, and the reason I bring that up is because you have to know your role, right? Like I, I coach a lot of different sports teams. Every player has a different role. So if, if when I was coaching my daughter in soccer, if all the kids on defense decided one day, I want to be on offense, that would be a problem because then we have no defense. And if all my offensive uh, offense players said, I want to be on defense, that's, that's fine, but we're not going to score any goals. We're just not. And so you have to know, your staff has to know what is their role. And this is one of the things we teach at our event and also through our community is as you expand, you're going to add paraplaners. You're going to add junior advisors. Uh, your administrators will have different uh, responsibilities. These are all things you need to be thinking about. And I'm going to plug it again, or I'll give you a link in just a few minutes for the planning readiness assessment is you need to know, is my staff ready for this? Or, or do I need to give them some more training? The next is, can you handle your success? Maybe, maybe you're, you're good with five, but what if you got 10 and 15 and 20? Is, is what you're doing too customized? You need to build it out so that it scales well. And when you think ahead, 
then and, and the problem I would submit most of the time, Wes, would you say that when people are starting, they over deliver, they overhandle, they over communicate because they're, they're they're worried about the fee and sort of substantiating it? Absolutely. So so it, let's just say, and again, um, the problem is if they go, oh yeah, this, you know, they'll meet with you every month. Oh yeah, he'll answer the phone in the first ring every single time. Well, that that can't work for fifty people. That can't work for seventy five planning clients. So. You have to make sure you can handle your success, meaning that you can scale what you're doing uh, if you get two, three, four times as many clients, which is what you want to do. The last thing is expectations are everything. Your client has to be clear that you're not their employee, right? You're their advisor. And sometimes these fees can get pretty large. Like we've worked with people and they're charging $40,000 for a plan sometimes. And one of the issues with getting to that number is that they start to look at you like you work for them. And you do work for them to a degree, but but you're not a W-2. You're not going to staff meetings. You're not going to be there on Monday morning at eight to open the office. Like, like you don't work for them. So you have to make sure that they understand, here's what I do and here's what I don't do. And so expectations are everything when you're building a scalable model. And it's your job. If, and, and we've talked to, this is probably all happened to each one of you. Have you had a client call and you're like, man, they call me too much. And the only reason they call you too much is because you let them, right? Or they talk too much. Well, who, who picked up the phone? You picked up the phone. The only reason they talk too much is because you put your ear up and you're listening to them. So you have to set the expectations for your work with your clients. Um, and so this, again, that this scales well and they're served well. One of the things that Sten does really well is after the meeting, he'll say, okay, great. Brooke will follow up. Chris will follow up. He, he hands it off to the next person. And so then understand that the role for Sten is in the meeting, I'm your guy. After that, for implementation, it's someone else on my team. And so expecting who you're going to talk to clears up a lot of things. So those six are find attractive planning strategies, whiteboard strategies, uh, and concepts. Uh, make sure that you quantify the value of all of your ideas. You have a, a minimum fee that you set, present an attractive plan, and use a scalable service model. If you can do those six things, you can start charging for your advice. Well, I trust that training was helpful and that you learned something that you can put into practice in your own business today. We want to be very, very, very practical in our teaching. And if you're really, truly serious about charging for your time and ideas, or you need to streamline your systems or increase your fees, then you need to be here with us in September for our in-person event go to howtochargelive.com and you can sign up or you can schedule a time to talk with me if you have any questions. That's howtochargelive.com. We appreciate you listening to the show this week. And as always, we would appreciate also if you could take a minute to leave us a review. Uh, there's just been a great amount of you that have done that and they've been great and sincere and we really appreciate it. So God bless and keep up the good work.